Jesus returns to a theme he often uh, speaks about. The, the 72 are going from town to town in pairs. That means 31 towns. In, in Matthew, the same story comes up. And uh, it's, it's 70, so we don't know which number that is. But 30 or 31 towns is an awful lot of places that Jesus is going to visit. They will only have one opportunity for the second person of the Trinity in disguise to pass through their town. And our Lord is saying not that he's going to send thunderbolts if they reject him, but some opportunities come only once in life. And how do we recognize them? By having a suitcase, so to speak, that is not full. If I'm so full of my possessions in my life that I have no room for God or I think I don't need anything, I, I don't recognize my lack, which we all have, I may miss God when he approaches me. I won't want him to come in lest he disturb my little world that I'm in and miss that opportunity. So we have this one thing it reminded me of, uh, I remember being in high school or college, I had, <laughs> uh, I should say this, I was, I was a kid with a lot of zits, right? <laughs> so the way, the way uh, I was told to get rid of those was to go to the beach and stuff. So I was at the beach a lot, um, you know, it was right it was three miles down the road, uh, Doc Weiler Beach or, or Venice Beach, if any of you are familiar with L.A. And I read there... Uh, Walden, of all things, uh, by Henry David Thoreau. I've never finished the book, but it's so rich with wonderful insights. I don't know what his faith was. Uh, we found out since then he wrote and rewrote and rewrote while he was in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, and one of the zingers that, I've, that has stuck with me all these years, he could see the road out from his little cabin that he built out there in the, in the woods. And he said... He said, I see people with downcast faces going along the road, pulling horse carts full of furniture. Horse carts full of furniture. In other words, tied down by the possessions of life and not being able to let go. And this is precisely the image I think our Lord is trying to get across. These decide, at first glance, this gospel doesn't look like it fits us. We've been on a lot of pilgrimages. And if I stood there, I would never stand there and say, don't bring any money, don't pack your suitcase, take one pair of shoes. Well, I only take one pair of shoes. One lady once came with a whole suitcase full of shoes. I'm not married. I don't know why someone would want that many shoes, but this lady did. And it didn't come in, so <laughs> that was nice. Uh, <laughs> I felt sorry for her, but God had a message in that one. Uh, but aren't we all like that sometimes? We try to prepare for the future, and yet, no matter how much we prepare, something comes out of left field and catches us by surprise. We as a parish have always tried to prepare. We're financially uh, prudent and all that sort of thing, but we sure didn't see the imminent domain coming. It looked like a disaster, and it was a big blessing. It's, it's, it's a, that whole thing that we all went through is a parable of life. We started building this church. I argued with Paul Cook of Happy Memory, head of the Finance Council. I said, we're in the middle of what may be the Great Depression, number two. We, I don't want to take on this debt. And he was farsighted enough to, to uh, convince me to do it. And again, it's a parable. And these things are like life. Uh, it, when I entered the seminary, I, didn't, I thought I didn't have enough uh, to get through it. I read this, the, the, the scripture that's the other one that's like this. If you don't have enough bricks, don't build the tower, 
or you'd be a laughing stock. If you're going into battle and your opponent has 20,000 troops and you have 10, settle. What he means, I, I called Sister Breach McKenna and got her on the phone in the 1980s uh, and it was kind of a miracle. I told her that and she said, and it applies to this gospel. And she said to me, the Lord doesn't want you to have all the bricks. Those kind don't make it. He doesn't want you to have 10,000, 20,000 troops. He wants you to know you need him. I never forgot that lesson. We're all going to find ourselves in life, whether you're in ministry or secular life. There are times we just don't know what to do. Life gets ahead of us. Somebody gets sick, lose our job. We just, world events get out of control. We feel like we have, we can't do anything. Uh, we realize our mortality or that all the stuff we've accumulated has become a horse cart and it doesn't save us and in the end it doesn't make us happy. When we're young we think, oh, if I just have all my stuff uh, and then or I've been everywhere in the world and it doesn't satisfy. And this need, uh, this is why he sends these guys out because, well, they wouldn't know if they're all guys. He, a lot of women were traveling with him also. And he sends them out needing to depend totally on divine providence. And one of the reasons they go out like that is because he's given them all kinds of power. They pray in the, and people get healed. They, they uh, do exorcism and demons fly out. In other words, long-time mental illnesses and troubles. And they come back rejoicing and saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. And he said, don't rejoice in that. That was not your doing. Rejoice that you are written in the book of life. Think about it. Our entire existence exists only that when you and I are standing at the last day, the last judgment, the Lord will open the book. I want my name to be in there, the new name that God will give us. And then he has shown us the fruits of our life. And the best fruits will come with an emptier suitcase. So God will periodically attempt to empty the suitcase a little bit. That's where the spirit can come in. The people that killed him had full suitcases that had no need of Christ at all. The ones that followed him were needy. Think Mary Magdalene, seven devils, whatever that meant. Who's the first person to, with the privilege to see him after the dead? Mary Magdalene. Because she loved him more than almost anybody else. She had the greatest need. And so our needs attract us to the Lord. His wounds, we understand him. And so he wants, it, be, having a suitcase unpacked is not a pleasant experience, you know. I went through the two, another two weeks of laryngitis and said, Lord, I thought I was over this. And he said, well, that's life. And hopefully the priest that came blessed you. I heard a lot of people uh, really benefited from a couple of the priests that we got. One, very hard to get subs that last time. Father Betts was a great blessing to us. And... Uh, you know, we all have our moments when God kind of fires us. You know, you're just, things are suddenly very different. And that's when the emptying can occur. The, the seminarians that have come here, you know, the seminary, really, it's very tough. Uh, they try very hard to pack us with all kinds of, of tools. Now they're much better at administration skills. Many of us used to came out not knowing how to read a ledger. Um, I fortunately had a life, and I balanced a checkbook at least, but I couldn't read a ledger. And us priests have to be able to read the, the, the balance sheet. That's just part of our job. I have to keep an eye on things. And they teach that now. 
but you come out and you find out you don't know anything because the learning curve for us begins the minute we step over the threshold. Isn't that true for marriage, too, in some ways? I see so many dewy-eyed couples here, and you kind of wonder, what, do you know what you're saying yes to? No. <laughs> the uh, Father O'Connor just got ordained. We're going to put the pictures in next week. And he, he just, I should put in the letter he sent. He just thanked us profusely. He said, what a wonderful parish to learn from. You all have just the best parish and uh, you know what he found is that we collaborate a lot I said you know he said what's the secret here and I said we have great people and uh, I try to empower them if I have any secret at all is I know what I don't what I, what I can't do and you all fill in the blanks you see we have a great empowered parish when I got here we'd been without leadership for quite a while and the ones that stuck it out we had a great parish that was running the, the laity was running this place and we've kept it going all these years what a blessing See, God emptied the church and then was able to fill it. And uh, this is a lesson again for us. Uh, so I try to, with Michael and the other deacons that have been here, the, the spirit of collaboration simply means that each of us are giving and taking in all of the different uh, 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 meetings that we have and hopefully in our ministries. We're willing to accept advice from others and to give it, uh, to know what we don't have. We're building the church. I didn't know how to build a building. I didn't know anything about a commercial loan, but I learned. And this is, this is the grace of the things that we do. Um, there are times when uh, we don't, of course, uh, that self-emptying occurs physically and spiritually. Uh, none of us have full suitcases. But, you know, that, that whole process, it's not a pleasant thing to realize that we don't have all the answers and our Lord doesn't always give us all the answers but precisely in those moments the Holy Spirit wishes to fill us if uh, again our Lord sends these people out you know we have this image of the 12 running around but in reality there was a huge crowd and uh, and St. Paul points out that there was 120 something that was sent out later this mass vast crowd of men and women are following Jesus and they were nowhere to be seen at the cross, like us. They didn't want to be there either. But later he appears to 500 at one time. And you can bet these 72 were there. And we are there too. We have a mission from God. We don't know what it is. It is your family. It is your work. It is the people we run into. But individuals, ministry or life, is one person at a time. The, the, the things you are made to make a difference with in our world. And that's life. And those very moments, we don't know who they are. We don't know how to even uh, act in those situations, but the Holy Spirit does. So we, like, like the golden cross I talked to you about, you had to be there at the right moment, and the Spirit said, take that picture. Uh, I have the iPhone. So there you are. And that, to me, is a sign that God arranges things and once in a while winks at us and lets us know, I'm here for you. So we thank God that he called us to this journey entrusts us, doesn't give us everything we need right away, but asks us to depend on his providence. The more we do, the more fruitful we will be in our lives.